Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Happy holidays and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by the jolly, the jolliest partner in true crime a guy could ever have, Mr. Francel Evans. What's up? Fran, uh, what up? I want to just get something out of the way really quick because uh, people have been tagging us in this link to this story of this guy, Samuel Little, who confessed to like 90 murders yeah. in prison. Mm-hmm. The reason I have not touched on that, and I still don't want to even go too deep into it, is I definitely have my ear to it. I am keeping track to tr- mm-hmm. keeping track of it for sure. But the guy was already in jail. He's trying to use his confession as a bargaining chip to transfer jails. Hmm. And the East Area Rapist is from California. It made headlines. It was the biggest story in true crime this year. And I just, I have a feeling, and I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I definitely will talk about this story all day probably end up being an affirmative murder because mm-hmm. the guy is in fact a brown man um but i just have a feeling like i think i feel like this guy might be lying to try to get attention and get out of the jail that he's current or the prison that he's currently in so i've been hesitant to speak on it because mm-hmm. it's just a confession with no evidence you know i want to i want them to start you know let you know put him in some chains take us to the bodies mm-hmm. you know because we need to see some Give us some names, you know, and by the time this comes out, maybe some more stuff has come out about it. But that is the reason that I've been hesitant to touch on the situation. So I just wanted to let everybody know, please, if, you know, if, if more stuff starts to come out, please continue to share the links. But I have seen those links, but that is the reason I we have not really spoke about it on this forum is because I just kind of feel I have a feeling that, you know, that might not be true. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. Anyway, Fran, what's going on, man? How you been? Uh, been good. Uh, we went to cut down our first Christmas tree today. Oh, you got a real Christmas tree in your yeah. house. Oh, look at you fancy. Yeah, you man. cut it down yourself? Yep. Oh, look at you, yeah. man. <laughs> so you won't cut turkey, but you'll cut a tree. Yeah. Oh, I respect that. Yeah, man. I, something about, I, I like pine, I like real trees. You get that smell, that yes. fresh pine smell. We yeah. do have a fake ass tree, but you know, it gets yeah. the job done. You know, it's been serving us well. This is the second Christmas in the house. So, you know, it's this hey, tradition, you, got, you know, buy another one. Yeah. And you know, I'm a uh, lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, the, mm-hmm. ch- when you got a chore of like, a real tree you can't just put out. I don't think they take that with the trash. You got to like take that to a dumpster or something. Maybe I'm wrong. I think you put out the trash. You can? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. It was being here till February, rotten, yeah. p- pine needles on the, All the floor. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. Well, for me, I'm lazy also, so it wasn't my choice to get the tree. So, you know, so, Steph, it so was that, Steph's idea to get the tree. If oh. it was my choice, 
You got go fake, to Walmart, got a fake one. You, fake ones, you get a, You know, I got some real nice fake ones. Now, this is obsolete, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not big into Christmas, so uh, they have new the new fake Christmas trees. What, they, they have scents. Yeah, and they have scented. You get the pine scent. Oh, shit. They have scent. And the, each one of the needles has lights on them on the new ones, and they light up and change colors. You can get an app on your phone to oh. make it change the color. Oh, it's 2018, man. America is lazy. Right? Yeah, but, you know, hey. What happened to the jewelry decorating? Just, I mean, look, man. you got to at least have the, you know, the story, you know, the what? whole. Oh, uh, oh, put the, yeah, put the tinsel the, around yeah. the tree and lights. Put, fuck that's that, just, man. That's just lazy. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I, I wish that we had a, I didn't do that. I didn't decorate this tree. Sierra did that. She loves oh, okay. that. But I'm not super big into um, the action of decorating. You know, that wasn't big in my house. My mom would be like, I'll put a wreath on the door. Leave me alone. You know, oh, or okay. put it like a fake candle in the window. And that's it? Yeah. And when we had like a little tree, like our tree was oh. on a counter. Like you put the tree. Oh. It was like a like if you put it on the floor, it would look like uh we were in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or something. Yeah. But you had to put the tree <laughs> on a top of a thing oh, and okay. then put the presents all on the floor. But we we rarely got like a big tree and oh, did a man. whole thing. My yeah. mom was very minimalist. My dad used to get a tree. You know, you know the favorite part was putting that star on the top? Favorite yeah. part. I have no relation to any of that. Oh, okay. well, never I'm decorated sorry. a tree with my father. Never, uh, <laughs> <laughs> never put a star on top of a tree. Thanks for that. Uh, anyway, so, so <laughs> moving on. Uh, so uh, some some potentially good news. I don't know. Again, I'm 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 really pessimistic about all the all the cool news that's come out this week. Mm-hmm. So Amber Geiger, the woman who the former police officer who was fired, killed Botham John in his home, has been indicted. Mm-hmm. Um, on charges of murder. Yep. Indictment is not conviction, but she is no longer a police officer. Good. So that means she is not living behind that, you know, quote unquote blue wall of silence. I don't feel like she is protected or favored because, you know, not even because of what she did was horrible, because that mm-hmm. is the case, but I feel like this caused so much bad publicity on that police department and on that city mm-hmm. that they're going to just, there's going to be no help in her case. So I do think that she will be convicted. But I wouldn't be shocked if she wasn't, mm-hmm. because this is America, and I've seen. When I remember when the Freddie when the Freddie Gray case happened, I think like one out of the five people who were involved, the five police officers that were involved in that, got convicted mm-hmm. on like accidental, like uh, what is it, like uh, what is it, um, like like accidental homicide, something small mm-hmm. where it wasn't murder, you know, and and nobody was even charged. Everybody was like it was second degree or incidental homicide, all these kind of things that weren't. You murdered a person. Mm-hmm. This is undeniably a murder. So I do think she will be going to jail. I hope that justice prevails. But again, I'm always skeptical and maybe it won't. But great news that she's been indicted. I didn't expect her not to be. Right. But it's cool to, you know, to hear that. I, I mean, I, I always I, I can't relate personally to these tragedies. So I, I would assume maybe this is a good news for the holidays for Botham John's family. Like to know that it's in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. The person's going to be. Just the process of justice will be started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, condolences to all of um, Botham John's family and friends that were, you know, affected by that tragedy. Happy holidays to you. I don't know what you celebrate, but whatever it is, I you know, hope you get through this holiday and have some peace and some happiness in your life. Anyway, uh, on a lighter note, did you hear about this woman who got uh, upset? She made a video on Twitter. She got upset at the flight attendant. When they take the boarding passes at the gate, mm-hmm. she heard her, you know, to a, another flight attendant person like, "Girl, do you see this name on this uh, on mm. the card?" <laughs> snickering, snickering. Oh, and it was on a intercom. 
No, no, no. They were, but she was at the gate, handed the boarding pass of her child to the lady, and then walked away. I guess to situate her kid, Mm. and then heard him snickering about her name. She named her child A B C D E, Mm -hmm. pronounced Absidy. Yeah. What what did you expect? You know what I mean? Did you think people were gonna be like that name is great? Because it's not. It's not great if you spelled it. Normally, how if you spelled it A B S I D D Y, Absidy? Yeah. That's a stupid name. It's even more stupid when you spell it A B C D E. I mean, that's a fastball right over the plate. Yeah, I mean, you're going to send your kid to school. And now they, come <laughs> on, man. Look, I don't condone bullying, but like, come on. First hey. day of school, you got to stand up. What's your name, little girl? Um, Absidy. All right, cool. Um, well, we're going to play a little game. How do you spell that? Uh, a B C. No, 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 no. Don't do the alphabet. Mm. I just want you to spell. No, I am. <laughs> I'm spelling my name. It's the first five letters of the alphabet. Get the come on, man. Yeah, but the lady it was a white, and incidentally, the lady was white. The the lady has a white mom. child. Wow. Named A B C D E. Now look again. Wow. I don't like to play the stereotype game. Hey. But black people, you you know, hey, you know. Yep. You know. I, I have a cousin I've heard named. The story I, have a, I, thought I, have, I have a cousin named Unique. I have a cousin named uh uh Sequoia. You know, like I we got some. Some, some wild names, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, I have a cousin named Reality. That is, that's a bold name. Yeah. None of them. This is the boldest name I've heard, except Sharkeisha. <laughs> Sharkeisha was. That's don't, still number one for me because mm-hmm. that's like, why would you name a child that? Why would you name anything that? <laughs> Sharkeisha. So it's Sharkeisha. Sharkeisha <laughs> number one now sliding into number two, battling for first place. Is Absidy. That's spelled nice. that way. Yeah. So I just thought that was I thought that was a crazy name. And I wanted to bring that to you and see well what you what thoughts you had on that as a person whose daughter's name is Sophia. You know, just I thought she was black. No. I heard, I've heard the story, but I didn't, you know, look into it. That's the twist. But she was black. That's the that's the Shyamalot twist on it. Yeah. Is is that it's a white lady. That's breaking news to me. Yeah. And she's like, it's you know, you how dare you shame my daughter's name? <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's like, come on, man, you know how many applications get thrown in the garbage when they see like Saquon, well, you won't be working here at Foot Locker. Yeah. So I mean, that's something we got to deal with. We, black people have been dealing with that for a long time. I'm sorry that your name that you you know thought was super unique for your child is mm-hmm. is being laughed at. But black people got to deal with name shaming and and, and name bias for all the time. And maybe that's on us a little bit because you know maybe you don't name your son like you know uh, uh, Latravius or something like that. You know. Try to mix two. And just yeah, you know, name want to take the mom's name and, and the, the dad's, dad's name, name yeah. and mix it in some kind of weird way. Mm. Shadavion. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, I, and I appreciate creativity, mm. but that pendulum swings both ways. It's going to be people that's like, all right, I see where you went with that. It's going to be other people that's like, this name sounds like shenanigans, and I'm going to judge you off of your name. Yeah. And that's not good, but that happened to Absidy. And I'm sorry that that happened to you, but, you know, that's not a new thing. Absidy's no. not the first person somebody saw a name and was like, what? So, you know, shout out to Absidy. Merry Christmas or, you know, Happy Hanukkah or whatever to you. And probably when you turn 18, 21, you should probably go to the um, government building and change, change your name. That, yeah. yeah, make that, change that. Yep. At least change it to, like, spell it normal. Yeah. Anyway, Fran, I believe you said something about you Um, had an article you wanted to read. Yeah, um... It was an article I read last night, so now I got into this routine where, uh, you know, when the family goes to sleep, I like right. to sit up and then, you know, read some news. Mm-hmm. I used a news app that I didn't know was on my iPhone. Yeah. Nope, didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, I get me a nice little cup of chill, iced coffee. Okay. Drink my, uh, you know, drink that. Get my reading glasses on, slap them to the tip of my nose. Wow. Instead of grab my newspaper. Yeah, instead of grab my newspaper because it's 2018, grab my phone. Cool. You know, stories all in there. You should use the iPad. Then it's a little bigger font. Then you yeah, maybe you won't need to use the glasses. Yeah. I didn't think about that. But, but I don't want to mess up your ritual. Though. I don't want to mess your ritual up. That might be part of it. You might like to have the glasses on. Yeah. You feel a little more grown up. I do. So I'm not going to stop your flow. Yeah, Get so, your swag on, man. I'm not going to ruin your drip. Yeah. <laughs> so the article um, I read was about a guy named Stephen, Stephen Maiden, I think his name was. So okay. he was a cop. 25 years old. So he was a basically a rookie cop. Yeah. So I'm not gonna read the whole story. I'm just give you, you know, bits and pieces of it. So what That's happened? How I was, like it. Yeah. So what happened was, he responded to one of his first his first dispatch calls, right? Uh-huh. So the call was it was a girl that called and said, um, you know, she was scared. You know, my boyfriend, whoever, my baby's dad has a gun, uh huh, or whatever. So they did the dispatch, and he was like, okay, I got it. So uh-huh. he went to go. Yeah. And they, she told the dispatcher that he had the gun, but the gun wasn't loaded. Okay. So this guy, since his first time going, it was like, okay, gun. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, gun one, but I don't know how this is going to play out. So I'm not going to get any ideas. Yeah. So this, it's, it's a clean slate. And that's good. This all sounds good. So right. Far. It's a uh-huh. clean, it's a clean slate. So I'm gonna go. He went there. So he got there and he was like, you know what was going on? The guy was outside. Mm-hmm. He had his hands behind his back. Okay. So he was like, show me your hands. And then the guy wouldn't do it. Red so flag. Guy, right. Exactly. Yep. That's what he thought. Red mm-hmm. flag. So then he was like. The guy yells, shoot me. Oh. So right then and there, he says, okay, this is suicidal by cop. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he, he has the situation all, yeah. he knows what's going oh, on. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So now he's like, show me your hands. So the guy shows his hands. He has the gun in his hand, but the, the gun is pointing down at the ground. Uh-huh. So he has his weapon out, drawn. He's behind the car, covering himself. Yep. So that went on for about a couple minutes. Two other cops come. Okay, now I'm, now I'm nervous. Yeah. Two other cops come, talking to this guy. So the guy... The guy name is Williams. I think his name was R.J. Williams. Okay. He picked up. He picks up the gun, like waves in it, but it's not pointing at him. He's just waving it. But okay. the thing about this is, the dude Stephen Madden and the other two cops don't know that the gun isn't that loaded. the gun isn't loaded. These are the two cops that just showed up. The two cops. So the dispatcher never told him that. And I, and I, okay. So what happened was, it went on for about whatever, and then like at some point, the guy R.J. Williams backs up, mm-hmm. and then the guy name was Kuzma. Either Guzma or Kuzma, I believe, whatever. It was. Okay. Shoots the guy. He yep. shot him three. He sh- no. He sh- he shot. He shot three bullets. Mm-hmm. Missed all three of them. The the fourth one, he cover. He gets himself together. Uh-huh. Shoots it. Shot. I think he shot him behind the ear. Mm. So he basically shot him in the head. Yeah. So then this whole thing went on, mm-hmm. where it was like, okay, a cop. The the black guy was killed. Yeah. Obviously, the black guy was right. killed. So they went. Oh, so they had a press conference of the lieutenant that came there, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, a cop killed a guy, and it was okay. Three, one, no, was it? One of the guys has been fired. Okay. Never said who it was yet. Yeah. So then something happened. Then like the lieutenant goes and visits visit Stephen or whatever, mm-hmm. and gives him a letter. So it was basically, you're not employed anymore. Yeah. So then it was a another you know uh, another conference where it was like, okay, we let this guy go. Mm-hmm. The guy they let go was the guy Stephen Madden. Because he was the one that showed up first because he didn't pull the trigger. Because he was the one that was. He, so because he did his job be, the right way. How you suppo- How you think you supposed to? Now, but they were saying, "Go ahead, go ahead." Now the 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 part everything in the story sounded like great police work. How to you me. supposed to do? 
Now, the two police officers that showed up and didn't know the gun was empty, as soon as that dude pulls the gun up, the fact that it went beyond that and something then something else happened mm-hmm. and then they shot him, I still commend those police officers a little bit because if I show up as a police officer and a guy has a gun in his hand and I don't know it's not empty and he p- picks the gun up and even if he just waves it around, right. I'm going to shoot that person. Right. However, to fire a person who came on the scene, analyzed the situation, exactly. used the information that he was given, yep. and to fire him and then hold, not only fire him, but hold a press conference. And I guess in this press conference, you, you're saying they, just, said they said that's they, why they fired him because he didn't shoot him? Well, or, it was. I think it was in, well, he came and visited him, gave him a letter. Okay. So it was like basically... You know, in we the letter you, it alluded to that. Yeah, probably. we letting you go because yeah. you didn't follow police I don't know, procedure. Yeah, that put your officers in danger. Yeah. something along those yeah. lines, probably. Right, exactly. Okay. So the and then after that, he loses, he loses his job. Now he looks like the bad guy because he's the guy that actually pulled the trigger. Like, you know, you're a coward. You know, calls him a coward. Like they in had, public, they publicly. No, said I think they he sent oh, them a text. It went. They talk by text. Like, oh, you're a coward. You put you put our lives and you put. You know the 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 girl who had made the call lives in danger. But that's that blue wall of silence. That's the I encourage everybody. There's a um there's a five part uh uh podcast um about it's called Charm City mm-hmm. about post Freddie Gray Baltimore mm-hmm. and the corruption and the gun trace task force. Which that's crazy. I don't know if you've been keeping up with that. But now there's new evidence that that guy Darren. I forget his last name, the officer that they say committed suicide in the alley. Mm-hmm. Now there's evidence that there was a witness that they buried, that they that said, no, nah, he was chasing somebody. Mm-hmm. So that whole thing is crazy. He was supposed to go and testify against this gun trace task force that was pulling people over and robbing them and robbing drug dealers and selling the drugs back to drug dealers. He was supposed to testify against them, and he turned up dead by suicide. Wow. And that blue wall of silence in that five-part documentary series called um, Charm City, on it's on Apple Podcasts, I listened to it, they talk about how if you don't do stuff the way the police do it, they, like, force you out by making it such an uncomfortable environment for you. Mm. They don't, you know, they talk bad about you, they talk shit on you, they get aggressive with you, and it's like, oh, I'm the enemy. And then first chance they get to find a way to get you fired on some, you didn't do this right, mm. they'll keep writing you up. They'll transfer you to another station on some grounds that they just make up. Eventually, you're like, oh, fuck this, man. Like, right. I don't. And that's how they phase you out. So basically, when you go against the grain of that of that brotherhood, mm-hmm. they don't want that. They want everybody to fall in line and, 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 and ride together, which I can understand if I'm in the mindset of a police officer and I think everybody's the enemy and it's my brothers and it's us first. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's how policing should be. I think that uh, as a police officer, your first duty should be to the community that you serve mm-hmm. it shouldn't be like no man lock arms and me and my brothers against all these animals and if one of them tries to do something to us it's us or them right. and, and and for them to treat that dude like that is crazy to mm-hmm. me so i don't understand how a dude who sound it sounds like that's how you want to be you want to police i understand being a police officer is a tough job but you can't use that as an excuse to like well i'm not gonna risk taking a bullet you know, for anything, because it's like, if you're wrong, you could kill somebody. Mm -hmm. So if you go in and do everything the right way and then something goes crazy and you end up getting shot, that's terrible. But they're like, that's your job. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't think that a shoot first, ask question later kind of mentality is conducive to that kind of job. Well, it's just, it's, it's, it's like if, if there's a threat, then they say police has the right to shoot to kill. For sure. And I totally understand. Right. 
And like I said, the two cops that showed up without knowing the gun is empty, once he picks the gun up and, and this story ends with him being shot, mm. I have no... I, by the way, I have no problem with that part of the yeah, story. Yeah, but if I missed the part, I, I might have missed the part, but it wasn't like I, uh, how I said it. It was like, oh, he picked the gun up and he shot it. It was just uh-huh. like... Well, you what, said he picked the gun up. Yeah, and then, but that's what he was doing, but it wasn't like, oh, he got the gun, boom, and he shot him. It was just like... It's his he was whole doing thing that in a while, waving yeah, it, it around. And it was that's what like, I'm saying. Yeah, and for it was me, like, oh, yeah. this is taking too long. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it over Let's, with. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That for me, you're right because it, you did say he picked the gun up yeah, and then something yeah. else happened. If in my mind, if once he picks the gun up and you shoot him, then I fully understand. Yeah. yeah. But if you're still sitting there trying to de-escalate the situation, then I feel like that's what you've committed to. Maybe you switched to non-lethal mm-hmm. and maybe. But again, I'm not a police officer. I'm not. I can't tell these people how right, to do the job. Right. My whole point is, I don't. This being a, I don't know if I don't feel upset that that guy got shot because mm-hmm. that's what he wanted. Right. I definitely feel upset that that guy got fired for doing what sounded like all the things just you would want a cop to do. Yeah. So that's the crazier part of the story to me. This didn't sound like, um, you know, we've done a bunch of stories where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the guy didn't have a gun or he had a knife or mm-hmm. this didn't sound like that. This guy wanted to die. Right. And I'm sorry that, you know, he got shot, but you don't go around brandishing a gun in public and expect it not to go that way. Yeah. But the way that that cop showed up to that scene is how you want every cop to show up to right. a scene where they take the information that they're given, mm-hmm. analyze the situation and try to de-escalate. I mean... That's the job. Right. He said that's what he did. He thought about the whole thing. He was like, all right, this is, a, I don't know what to expect, so expect anything. Yeah. You know? So it was just like, but also, the, the dispatcher could have told him that that information, like, the gun is not loaded. She, I mean, the dispatcher knew yeah. because the girl told her, like, right. this guy, you know, the guy saying that I'm a, at like, you know, this gun is loaded so they can shoot me. Yeah. I mean, this was the whole conversation. This was all the information that was available. Right. The, well, new, I, the other guys just didn't get they it. They just didn't know. She, the dispatcher never told them about yeah. that part. So, I, I mean, think, it's I, just... What, what, what's, do you have the officer's name? Uh, his name is Stephen Mater. I want to give a shout-out to Stephen Mater, if, if that's the way you say that. Um, What city is this? Do you know the city? Uh, or, like, state? Weirton Police. We, uh, Weirton. I don't know. Oh, well, Weirton. Wherever Weirton is, shout-out to you. I'm sorry you lost your job, but I feel like, based on this story, even though I was not there... It sounds like you did everything right, and I'm sorry that you lost your job. But I've heard of police officers killing people unjustified. I think and West getting, Virginia, just was West, in West Virginia. West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I've heard of police officers killing people un- unjustifiably and getting a job at another district. So hopefully, you get a job at another district, and you can make a change in your own little way as far as policing. Yeah, I mean goes. that guy. I think he ended up going to like truck driving school, from what I read. Just said, the- fuck it. I it's mean, such a bad, you know what? It is? I'm not surprised though, because that's such a bad taste, of, you know, especially maybe you wanted to be a cop since you were a kid. I mean his his his, I mean his parents, yeah. family was was military people. Yeah, and like, you're like I want to be a good guy. Was, I want to help. And you come and you're like, okay, let me de-escalate. I know this guy wants this. Let me try to solve this. And then it goes bad, by no fault of your own, because you were there trying to de-escalate. Mm-hmm. And then in in return, not only. Not only did you have to your first dispatch call go horrible and mm-hmm. somebody died, but now people are calling you like a pussy that-, that just that's supposed to be your coworkers right. and this brotherhood and all this kind of stuff, and they bring you a letter and tell you, "No, nah, you're fired because how you handled that shit was bitch made. Right? You didn't handle that how we handle it. They don't want those type of people in the, no in, in, in a force. If somebody has a gun, you shoot them. Yeah. And then since you didn't do that, you're fired. So I would, yeah, I probably wouldn't want to be a cop anymore either because yeah. I go, oh, this isn't what this is. I thought this was something else. I thought we were trying to help people. 
I just, I, the, the the reason why I wanted to talk about it, because it hit me so hard, that this guy did what We talk about you want, wanting, what, what, what you, want you to right, do. Right, what you want him to do, and then he's still the bad guy. I mean. He's not, though. He's the bad guy to them. To them, yeah. Is that, that's what I, I mean. I don't see how anybody can hear this story and say that that guy's a bad I don't think that's happening. But he was demonized by the people right. who had badges like him. Yep. And that's, you know, but in in, in another situation, if they don't fire him and the chastising works, now that guy changes and starts to act more like that. And now that that kind of mentality goes away. And that's what happens. That's what happens basically every day. It's like they weed out the ones that try to do it differently mm-hmm. and they, you know, promote and keep around the ones that are like, oh, we do it this way by the book. Uh, if they pull out a gun, it's us or them, and and, and period. And if you go against the bro- if, if if your brother says, uh, when you show up on the scene, if they say that this, uh, that's one thing I hate about those police videos is that, and I, it's like, I'm not a police officer, so it's hard for me to talk about it and not and not sound completely stupid because mm-hmm. I understand how I sound. But when I see those videos of a guy showing up, you know how like you said the two cops showed up. Mm-hmm. Those videos where the guy, a person being a human being, is like. Officer, th- I didn't touch the police officer. That's not what happened. They're, Shut up! You know they don't even, they don't even want to hear your story. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if once they deescalate things and they handcuff you, it doesn't matter what you say because whatever that cop says tells them that's what happened. Oh yeah. Even if it's not true, even if it's on camera, and months later you find out, oh he planted drugs. If the person goes to the new officer, officer help me. Uh, this officer's lying. I didn't have drugs. No. Shut up. Don't care. What what happened? What happened, Steve? You know, they're not even talking to you. You're not there. You're just a job. Mm. So I don't like how there's no humanity in policing anymore. That's one thing I don't like from what I see. But I know that there are police officers who are. But in a case like this, it seems like that's not what's wanted. They don't want you to go against the grain. They want you to go mm. with the grain. So, I I mean, I salute that guy. I, I, I yeah. don't think that's a, I think that's a messed up story, but I'm glad he handled that like that. I hope more cops handle situations that way. And even if, if the outcome of that is you get shot or it it goes bad, it's still the way you should do the job. Mm. Because in those cases where it is just a person who's mentally unstable or they didn't have a gun or whatever, if you just come in guns are blazing, it's gonna always go bad. Yeah. So I don't know. Again, we don't know shit, man. I'm not a police officer, man. No. I don't fucking know. You know, you're a postman. Like, <laughs> we don't fucking carry guns at our job. I don't know what the right way to do it is, but it sounds like that was the right way yeah. to handle that situation. Yeah. So shout out to Steven. Yep. And, you know, I hope you get your CDLs and, you know, fucking hit the road and stay off that methamphetamine. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what we're going to do is um, we're going to jump into these good vibes and, uh, you know, lighten things up a little bit. All right, folks, welcome to another Good Vibes segment. Fran, I want you to hold off. I feel like going first. Okay, cool. Okay. So uh, my Good Vibes story this week is um, actually everything that I want to hear in a Good Vibes story as pertaining to how I feel about the criminal justice system. So uh, my Good Vibes segment is a story of a former inmate who was released from prison and uh, went and applied for a job. And in the process of that was inspired to do something really amazing. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, um, according to attorney Brian Tannenbaum, his client, Raymond Burns, previously spent some time behind bars and even lost custody of his son. He put up a post on Facebook saying, this is my client. He spent some time on the other side of the law and on the other side of some bars, causing him to have to give up time 
and custody of his son. Uh, after the after that experience, his dream was to work at Sports Authority, which I prefer Dick's, but you know whatever it is, what it is. You know, Dick's got the Dick's is like a more fly. They got. You know, a sports authority, you can get, like, a nice, comfortable New Balance shoe. Mm-hmm. But at Dick's, you can get, like, a neon Nike cleat. Yeah. You don't need them, but, like, yeah. you want them. So that was his dream to work at the... I at mean, the... fresh out of prison. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, right. fresh out of prison, you know, your your options are pretty limited, sadly. Because okay. you got to carry around your record everywhere, mm-hmm. which I, I disagree with. Um, he filled out an application and then uh, and told them about his past. And, you know, once that happens, it's like, oh, well. Yep. Well, I'm here to apply, but I, I went to prison, so... I guess I'll just leave now because I won't get the job. <laughs> so he filled out the application. And he told him about his past, and he assumed he wouldn't get the job. So he left his mother's. He left. Oh, so he left with his mother and went to apply to Burger King, which is like. How old is he? Um, I think he's like in his thirties. Oh, I was uh, like, all right. Yes, yeah, yeah. These are, but these are the these are the options that are available to a person who is an able-bodied person who m- made a mistake and now is. Outcast from society forever. I thought you no. When you said he left with his mom, I thought he was like. A, oh well, you know, you fresh, you get fresh out of jail. You don't have a place to stay. Yeah, probably, true. You know, That's true. You know, well, a, I, a car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah. So he went to apply to Burger King, which is, that's like, uh, they'll probably hire me. Yeah. Which is sad. You know, like your your dream is, and and not to shit on anybody's dream, but his dream is to just work at a sports apparel store. Yeah. And in reality, he goes. But realistically, I'm probably gonna work for this bullshit, you know, seven dollars minimum wage at McDonald at Burger King, and you know, that's that's like his settling job. Yeah. Like I, I have just, a better I would odds. Just sell drugs. Yeah, that <laughs> you you joke, but that's what happens. Like most yeah, of the I time, know. it's like why I'm not I, doing yeah, this I'm not, shit. Yeah, I'm not gonna work at Burger King. I'll just go back to doing what I got in jail for for the in the first place. <laughs> but this guy wanted to do the right thing. Yeah. But you got to carry good. around your criminal record, man. I think there should be some kind of staggering, like after five years of steady being a good person or something. You don't have to put that on your applications. It's something, something you know, something. or just not. You served your time. You paid your debt to society. You get to go and live your life now. Yeah. You can't vote. You got to tell people that you went to jail. You know, and sometimes those are cases where people just, they take a plea because they know they can't beat the system, but they know they didn't do anything. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what's weird that you're doing this story? Because I had something, I don't mean to cut you off your story, no, that ahead. happened to me the other day. I was at work, and for some reason, people think, I think people get this with your job too, like, oh, can I fill out an app, or are you hiring? Yeah. You no, ever get that? as like, yeah, I, as, it's so one, complicated. that's not how my job works. Yeah. <laughs> I can't... <laughs> I can't bring you a sheet of paper out here. Yeah. You can fill it out and take it back to my man. That's not how it works. Yeah. So this this kid, I think he's maybe 18, 19, I don't know. So he was like, y'all hiring? I was like, I don't know, man. You're going to you know, the website. Yeah, you got to go into a certain branch. Yeah. Of the, you know? So he says, he was like, um, yeah, uh, I got a criminal, I got a record. I was like, he's like, so what you think? I was like, ah, it depends on what you did, but that's that's going to be tough. So he was like, yeah, um, he was like, I got a murder charge. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got a murder charge, but I didn't get convicted, I didn't get convicted for it okay. because they said they didn't have any evidence. One, don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he was like, I got another charge for, you know, handcuffs. I was like, I was like, man, I want to be like, hell no. Yeah, yeah they're not going to like, you, man. That's going to be tough. I mean, it's, he's a like, gov- it's a government yeah. job, right? He's like, do you think that's a job? I was like, I mean, if you need the money, go ahead. Yeah. But I was like, man, I was you like, You got a better guy. shot at FedEx. Yeah. Like, 
the post office, that's a government. That's like a it's federal, federal job. It's a federal it's job. Federal, yeah, like, come on, I was man. like, what? Man, don't come here tell me stuff like that. Yeah. I don't want to know. Any, not, basically, not, you just I'm told not, me. Yeah, not I'm not guilty. <laughs> right. I didn't get convicted because they didn't have the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> you basically did it. <laughs> you just don't beat, tell me. You beat a murder. Yeah, don't tell me. I was like, this is, I was like, this shit is insane, man. I was like. Yeah, that's that's crazy, that's crazy as shit. <laughs> but so no, this story is the opposite of whatever guy walked up to you. I don't want that. That, that guy's gonna end up doing probably some shitty, some crazy shit. This crazy. guy didn't want to do anything. Like that. He didn't want to go to people like you know they, the, the DA couldn't box me like, in. Wow, like, what? I was like, what just happened? You know they couldn't find the gun. Whoa, uh, I need to finish my route. Yes, leave me. Just leave me alone. <laughs> so, so anyway, back to uh, my man Raymond. Uh, so as he was walking through the uh, parking lot of Burger King, mm-hmm. Sports Authority called his mother's cell phone mm. because he didn't have one right. and asked for him to come in for an interview. No. They gave him a job, and based on his intelligence and work ethic, his manager encouraged him to go to college. My man. So he went and got his AA and then his bachelor's degree, mm. and then he went to law school and passed the bar. Wow. This man... Raymond Bryant, I mean, I'm sorry, Raymond Burns is now uh, certified to practice law after being on the other side of law and being behind bars. He is now uh, certified to practice law and be a lawyer. Wow. And That's all he amazing. wanted to do is work at Sports Authority. So I want to give a round of applause to Raymond Burns because um, he is a sign of the fact that you can't just give up on these people. There are people who were just dealt a bad hand in life. And because of that, they had to do some things to survive. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean they're not intelligent, yeah. capable, well, you know, uh, a- able to be used as a resource for this country. Yeah. They want to work and do – they want to – they don't want to – nobody who wants to go back to jail. Yeah, right. You know? Shout out to the manager guy that saw the potential in this yeah, guy. Yeah, and g- gave him some cr- – look, man, there's so there's so much low self-esteem, in particular in the black community – that some somebody believing in you can sometimes put a battery in your back to do amazing things. Yeah. Because everybody's your whole life you've been going to public schools, maybe they the teachers don't care. They're like, Yeah, you're just gonna go to jail anyway. Your whole life you've been hearing all that. And one time maybe you fold the shirts a certain kind of way or you come up with a technique like, Well, yeah, well if you put this in first and then put the shoes in, we'll move a lot faster. And then somebody went Damn, Raymond, that's a good idea, man. Yeah. You're really smart, man. You yeah. should go get your AA, and then maybe you can get a management position here. Yeah, that probably guy was like, like, wait, you, you're way too smart for this. Yeah, you. Why are you still? <laughs> you shouldn't be stacking boxes, man. That's crazy. So keep stacking boxes, but you should take night classes or something, man. And I and I'll put in, I'll vouch for you, and maybe you can get a job as a manager at a, get your own sports authority. I guarantee you that's something like how the conversation went. And then Raymond Burns went to school and got the bug for knowledge. And just kept climbing up the ladder. Got his AA. That's two years. Got his bachelor's degree. That's another two. Then he went to to uh, law school mm. and passed the bar. And that test is not easy. No, it's not easy at all. You know, you know. How, and it's the hardest thing about being a lawyer is you just gotta. It's so much stuff you need to know. Mm-hmm. It's not even about being able to do something. You just need to know all the the laws and the bylaws and mm-hmm. the sanctions and all this kind of stuff. This versus that, and visa v nineteen fifty two. It's just all that kind of stuff, so you can be able to recite it in court. Yeah. So it's probably one of the harder tests to take because it's just a bunch of words. Yeah. And he went and he did that. Yeah. He did that. He knocked it out of the park, man. So another round of applause to Raymond Burns, and I want to give a shout out to everybody with a criminal record out there. It's not over for you. You don't have to go back to a life of crime if you commit to a goal, and you push through adversity. 
you can come out on the other side and do great things legally, make yeah. six figures legally. Yeah. This was a it's a great story, not only for people that, that have a criminal record that, you know, want another chance. This is for anybody, anybody that it's that never too did. late. It's never too late to do anything you want to do. Your goals. Before I before I dropped out of college, one of my favorite classes was English, and there was a woman in that class who was like fifty five years old. Taking classes, she wanted to get her degree. Yeah, you know, it's it's never too late for no. you to go pursue your dreams, man. Nope. So shout out to Raymond Burns, man. I thought that was a beautiful story. Yeah, That's my good. That was vibes. a great story. My good vibe story this week is uh, when a nine year old you might have seen this nine year old girl send a handwritten letter to Stephen Curry, okay, the NBA superstar. Um, so her letter was. I hate that guy. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. You don't hate him. <laughs> <laughs> the letter was, dear Stephen Curry, my name is Riley, just like your daughter. She had okay. a little smiley face. Yeah. I'm nine years old from, was it Napa, California. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of yours. I enjoy going to the Warriors games with my dad. I asked my dad to buy me the new Curry Fives because I'm starting a new basketball season. Okay. My, my okay. dad, yeah, my dad and I visited the Under Armour website and were disappointed to see that there were no Curry Fives for sale under the girls section. However, they did have them for the sale under the boys section, even to customize. So... She was upset that you know it yeah, wasn't there's no, no girl, girl shoes. Right. They was, didn't exist or they just were out of stock. I don't. I don't think it was a section for, for girls. Girls. Okay. Yeah. So it was either it was either boys or kids. Yeah. Would've, okay. Would've, yeah. Um. So I have. So however, however, they did have them for sale under the boys section, even to customize. Mm-hmm. I know you support girl athletes because you have two daughters and you host all the girls basketball camps. Mm-hmm. I hope you can work with Under Armour to change this because girls want to rock the Curry Fives too. Yeah. So. Curry saw, you know, the the handwritten letter. He got it. Yep. And he went and, you know, talked to Under Armour, and they fixed up the whole website. Yeah. And, you know, made a girl section for really? girls so they can just go and, like, you know, just for them. And also, he, he sent her some Curry Fives, and um, he sent her Curry Fives, and also promised her a, a free pair of Curry Fives that come out The girl Christmas. ones. That didn't oh, even, that's oh, not oh. even... Ain't even coming out yet. Yeah, so she you got gets those. exclusive shit. You got those. So yeah, so guaranteed. He, right. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. He got that and was like, you know, I'll, let's make a change. Let's do something. I mean, so I thought that was cool. You're right. I don't. I don't hate him. <laughs> I want to hate him. Amazing. His life is just, you know, he just don't get the scrutiny as as other people do. Cause you can't hate him. <laughs> he shouldn't be in the NBA. He's no. like my height. Nope. Weighs 126 pounds, and just. Practiced something and became an amazingly talented guy at something. But it's just, I don't know, he's light-skinned with green eyes. Beautiful family. His family's great. His daughter's funny. His wife isn't wasn't doesn't have a promiscuous past. Nope. She's out here telling girls how they should dress, which I don't, you know, we don't kink shame, but that's what she's on. She's like, I'm holy, mm-hmm. and you all should be too. So he's got this, you know, w- girl who he doesn't have to worry about, you know, I mean, look, no offense to Kim Kardashian, but I wouldn't want my wife to be doing some of the things Kim Kardashian does. Mm-hmm. But you you can do whatever you want with your body, but that's just, I wouldn't want my wife to be out right. on display like that. Mm-hmm. And Aisha Curry's not doing that. She's cooking food and yep. chef and curry or whatever. Yep. And on top of that, his dad played basketball. Yep. So you know he didn't come from, you know, he this story is not the LeBron James story. He never was wondering where his meal next meal was coming from. He was never crying all alone on the bathroom floor because he was hungry. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not his life. And I don't hate him, man. No, you he's don't. Because he's too likable. <laughs> he's just a nice, humble guy. Can ball out. 
just, yeah. God, I want to hate him so bad. <laughs> shout out to you, Steph Curry, and shout out to Riley. Yep. That is a beautiful story because that's the power. Even though she wrote him a letter, that's why I fuck with Twitter so hard. Mm-hmm. One of these days, Pete Wentz is going to respond to this podcast. And I believe that because you can get direct contact. In this day and age, you can really reach out to a person and have your whole life changed. You could send a tweet to somebody like, hey, man, you know, I heard you're looking for an assistant. I'm a great assistant. Here's my resume. And it's possible that Michael B. Jordan might see that and be like, hey, man, yeah, I am looking for an assistant. You're hired. And your yeah. life could change like that. That yeah. shit happens every day. <laughs> it doesn't happen to us. No. Pete Wentz is not, you know, reached back out. Think he's seen it? I'm sure he has. I'm sure he's like, this, this fucking affirmative murder Twitter account keeps tagging me. It's going to piss him off one day. He's going to have to reply. Leave me alone. Even if he did that, I'd be happy. <laughs> Leave me alone, man. I don't want to listen to your podcast. I'd be like, all right, cool. No, you got it. You got it, baby. You got it. Hey, man, I don't want no problem with Pete Wentz. I don't want no funk with oh, FOB. But anyway, I thought that was a great story. Shout out to you, Riley, for, you know, um, getting a great Christmas present. You know, let's hope Steph Curry is a man of his word. I, I, I have no reason to believe he's not because he's a likable guy. So yeah. I think she's got those on lock. Um, so, yeah, those are two, our two little good vibe stories. Hey, Theodore, my cat's sitting on our box. Uh, those are our two good vibe stories. What we're going to do is uh, Fran came in here bumping a throwback slapper jam. Yeah. And we're going <laughs> to uh, take a break, and we're going to go out to that Mary J. Blige everything. Because this, I mean, I forgot it. You know how you forget about how good a song is? Yeah. And it came That's why I had me singing oh, it when man. I came in here. So, yeah, we're going to take <laughs> you guys out to that. Just enjoy this Mary. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. And we are back. Fran, uh, it is your turn to go first this week, so please. Okay. I'm waiting. Um, my affirmative murder this week is, okay, the story is about Jerry Williams. All right, cool. But, Shout out to all the Williamses. Boom. But this, he's not the, he's not the, this story is about him, so he's not the, the killer. Even more shout out. So yeah. he's not a bad person. Shout out to Jerry Williams. Boom. Yeah, so... This is about his story. You know, I'll get to it. The person to come up with, you know, mm-hmm. who, you know, the affirmative murder is this week. Right, right, right. Uh, the story is recent. Mm-hmm. Just read about it the other night. Okay. Same night I read about, you know, my man. Glasses, glasses on. Yep. Boom. Get my, get my news reading on. Okay. So according to Denise Williams, who okay, was boom. Jerry's wife, boom, on the morning of December 16th, 2000, her husband awoke, awoke early, leaving the house at Centennial Oak Circle mm-hmm. well before dawn. Boat in tow to go duck hunting in Lake Seminole. Okay. The lake is the lake is a large reservoir approximately 50 miles west-northwest of Tallahassee along the Florida-Georgia state line. That's that pan, That's that panhandle. Yeah. That's up in the middle of nowhere, Florida. Mm. That's where, you know, they, they do a little bit of uh, family uh, ugh, family mixing up in, uh, up in that panhandle. So it's a mess. Yeah, it's a little, you know, it's a little... Shout out to shout out to Florida. Shout out to all the Floridians, but mm-hmm. y'all y'all know mm-hmm. y'all know y'all know what's going on up in that panhandle. Mm, I don't want no parts of that. Yeah, you know, shout out, shout out. But shout out to Andrew Gillum. He is the mayor of Tallahassee, though. No. So shout out to him. <laughs> shout out to him. But you know, you know what's going on up there. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So where three other streams merge uh, to form the 
Apalachicola River. Mm. The the couple had plans to celebrate their 60th wedding anniversary that night in Apalachicola. Denise and Jerry? Yes. Oh, I didn't know. I thought this was young. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, at noon, Denise called her father to tell him Mike had not returned. Her father? Yeah, she called her father saying... She's 60? No, you said 60th wedding anniversary, right? Six. Sixth. Oh, okay. I was <laughs> like, well, she called her dad. What is her dad going to do? <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> dad, uh, Jerry's not home. Who is this? Oh, I'm like, why are you so surprised that she called her dad? Yeah, I thought you said 60th, man. I was like, well, they must be like 80 years old. No, no, no. Okay, 6th. All right, yeah, so they're six, probably yeah. like, you know, 30, 20. Yeah, okay. Something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she called her dad to let her know that Mike had not returned. Her father drove. I mean, why wouldn't you call? I feel like you would call the mom, her his mother, her mother-in-law first. But, you know, that's just Well, maybe, well, you know, we don't know his family life. Maybe him and his mom aren't cool. Also, maybe her dad can get down. Where it's like I, you know, maybe her dad is something like I, uh, a la uh, Liam Neeson and Taken, mm-hmm. and it's like, Dad, I don't know where Mike, Mike is. Uh, yeah, I don't know where Mike is. Jerry Michael, yeah, yeah, Jerry I, Michael, I, I don't know where Jerry is. I'm, I like Jerry better. I don't know where Jerry is. Um, can you, can you find him? He's, like, I have a particular set of skills. I will, I will, <laughs> I will find Jerry. We don't know. We don't know how his Papa, Papa, uh, the dad gets down. Yeah, it's true. But I just feel like you would call. Yeah, yeah, you definitely should alert. I hope her second call was like, I can't find your son. For sure. I agree with you on that. Like, yeah. your son's missing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she, she called. Her dad said, you know, Mike has not returned Jerry, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So her father uh, drove uh, with Winchester to the areas of the lake where they knew Mike Williams. With Winchester? So Winchester is, um, his first name comes up. Later on, but Winchester was a friend. I you okay. can say a friend of the couple. Okay, you can cool. Say got it, got it. Um, so they knew Mike Williams fre- frequently went duck hunting. Mm-hmm. They found his 1994 Ford Bronco near a remote boat uh, launch in Jackson County on the Florida side. That's the OJ Mobile. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's the first thing you think of when you hear Bronco. Yeah, that's not a good sign. <laughs> uh, so after investigators, after investigators with the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, which is the FFWCC, mm, were called, yeah. Um, a search began, but soon had to be called off after a storm blew in. Damn. So now this guy's missing. And time they just going by. Yep, they don't know where he is. Uh, the, initial, the initial search investigation was held by the, the FFWCC uh-huh. since it had been reported to them as a missing hunter. Mm. The agency handled the case that way, focusing on a search and rescue or recovery. So they said, we didn't have a whole lot to go on except that there was an empty boat and the guy didn't show up. Right. One of the agency officers called, recalled later after his retirement, there was nothing there that we had from the scene that suggested foul play. So it was just like... Yeah, the boat's gone, boat, the boat, no He's person. not here. Right, exactly. So Nobody. Dep- yeah, so deputies with the Jackson County Sheriff's Office were present were present but primarily worked in a support capacity. Yeah. Capacity. Mm-hmm. Only because, you know, this is a... They got jurisdiction. Right. Because it's, exactly. it's based on hunting. Yep, exactly. And it's gators probably in them waters, so they, you know... I'll get... Hey. My bad, man. You know... I'm <laughs> I Sherlock. know, man. I'm on my Sherlock <laughs> shit. I'm sorry. Uh, so searchers focused on 10 acres mm-hmm. of the lake Ooh, surrounding... The, yeah. Surrounding the cove where William's truck was parked. His boat was soon found roughly 225 feet from the ramp by a helicopter pilot who initially assumed that it was a boat being used in the search. Mm-hmm. So you must have saw it, you know, blew yeah, up over. They're doing what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. So after retrieving the boat, investigators found William's shotgun still in the case, but no sign of Williams himself. 
So the cove is locally um, believed to have been an arch before the Chattahoochee and Flint Rivers and Spring Creek were dammed to create the lake. So it took it took the name Stampfield. Mm. I'm sorry, Stumpfield. Oh. From the from the many um from the many remaining stumps that protruded above the above and below the water level, requiring careful handling of any power power boat in the sea. So they they thought that maybe he his, him and his yeah. boat hit, hit like a, a speed stump. Bump. Yeah. He falls over and he sinks in eight to twelve feet of water. I would never want to drive a boat in a in a bunch of water that's filled with stumps. Yeah. <laughs> it's not smart. It's awful. Yes. Yeah. Uh um so yeah, so it might he might have fallen, sunk in the water that was eight to twelve feet. Could have hit it fall deep. off, hit his head on a stump. Yeah. Hey. It's a lot of you it's know a lot of you could you could paint that picture once you, you know, start to go down the path. Yeah, but it's just so much it's like we don't he's not here. Yeah. All we have is a boat. It's so many anything possibilities. Could anything could exactly anything. So, um yeah, so he said he fell in with his what is it? His waters? Is it waders or waders? Waders. waders. The, okay. That's the pants. Which is, yep. Which is, mm-hmm. They say he might have fell in with his waders filled and then drowned when he was unable to extract, um, extricate? Sure. Extricate himself. Well, yeah, those waders, they connect to the boots. Yes. So they can you, feel water. You're stuck. Yeah. Um. So how, So he's saying if, if Williams had drowned, his body would have been expected to eventually float to the surface, making it easy for the, for the um, discovery. Sure. So investigators assured that Williams' family. So they told his family that okay, we don't have anything now, but wait a couple days. Wait a couple he days. Might, he might float. He back might up. float to the top. <laughs> that's just saying like I mean, oh he's dead. Like <laughs> yes. that's not even. Why would you tell me that? Don't tell me that. So we don't have any evidence, but in a few days he might just pop up back from the bottom of the water. Well, maybe if they said they said well possibly he could have drowned. So mm-hmm. if he did. We can't find his body, but eventually his body we, will, we will rise to the top. But if he didn't drown and he's alive, we're we're gonna wait a few days, so he'll probably die. Yeah, in that from starving or something. Yeah. So, but also you're fucking up because you're saying we're gonna, you know, we we will find the body. Yeah. Now you got the family, you know, yeah. grieving, but yeah. it's like we make, you know, we'll get the body. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so they expected him to float to the top, making it easier for the discovery. So investigators assured the Williams family that his body was surface, like other drowning victims mm-hmm. within three to seven days, perhaps slightly longer due to the cold front that had moved in after the, the first night storm. Mm. Um, nobody was found. You know, you know. So now three to seven days have passed and it may, yeah. Wow. So, and they have nobody. So 10 days into the search, a camouflage pattern hunt, hunting hat was found, but it could not be connected to Williams. Efforts continuing to the search was caught off in early February it has since been suggested that the search might have been continued if Denise Williams had any interest in the search. Oh. Meaning, so she, was like, she oh, wasn't so even pushing it. It's over it, with. I accept it. Oh, that's, that's a red flag. Yep. That's a red flag. At that time, the case was still considered open. Not, nothing, in, in, nothing in investigative or search and rescue efforts had has produced any definitive evidence of boating accident or fatality as of this date. Mm. So that was in the final report, which was in late February of so 2001. So in the report, they were like, we don't know if this was an accident, no. but it doesn't seem like it. No. But he's he's gone. Yeah, but it's the case is still technically open. Yeah, because nobody. Right. So the head of the private search firm that supplemented official efforts near the end of the search offered a possible explanation. 
With the wildlife around, I would guess that the alligators have dismembered and have stored the remains in a location that were not able to be found. Yep. Able to find. In their bellies. That was in the report. Early searches had reported seeing many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, some oh, they're, of, they're, like bur- they're like pigeons down yeah, in Florida. Yeah, it says, yeah, it's a shitload of them down mm-hmm. there. So uh, they reported seeing many of them, and some of the officials were willing to accept the possibility. Everyone knows the lake is full of attic- alligators. Yeah. Uh, it was suggested that perhaps William's body had become entangled with the bed dense, in the beds of dense hydrilla beneath the lake surface and then found by the alligators later. Mm. So it's the little, it's like aquatic plants. Yeah. Like Maybe a, like he just a, got like caught a, yeah, up like in like it. Algae and or something. Yeah, yeah. But to hear some shit like that is like. Yeah. Eight by alligators. I mean. Uh, So, yeah, so maybe he might have got caught up in, you know, the hydrilla beneath the lake surface and then found and then alligators found him later with turtles and catfish finishing what they had left behind. Mm. So Denise Williams, who had avoided media attention during the search for her husband, accepted that her husband had died. Yep, I bet she did. She arranged for a memorial service for Mike to be held after the day the search ended. So, reading that's like, I'm trying to push this, get a memorial done, mm-hmm. so, so now so people with. can just... He's dead. He's dead, he's gone, we can just Move get on. past it. I wonder why. Didn't they just get married? Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Please continue your story. Denise, please. So Thank in June, an angler... Um, in the Stumpfield area, discovered a pair of waders okay. floating in the lake. The divers, the divers called the search, uh, called to search the area. Then recovered from the lake, from the lake bottom, a a lightweight hunting jacket and a flashlight. Mm. In one of the jacket pockets, there was a hunting license with William's name and signature. Okay. However, there were no teeth marks or any other damage to the waders. Mm. None of the recovered items showed signs of. Show signs of having been in the water for anything like the period Williams had been missing. So they like just got there. Just planted them. Ooh. And there was no evidence, there was no DNA evidence found to link the clothing to him. Nevertheless, a week later, a Leon County judge granted Denise Williams' petition to have Mike declared legally dead mm. on the basis of those recovered items and the assumption that the alligators and other water and other water life had consumed the body in its entirety. Uh, so the court decision allowed Denise Williams to immediately proceed the claims on her husband' life insurance, life insurance policy. Boom. From which she received. Guess how much she received? Two fifty. One point five million. God damn! <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> and you know what's crazy? I'm gonna let you finish your story. But it's funny. I haven't heard his mother's name not once, but I heard her father's name. Yeah. Please. I'm sorry. I just thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. We're here talking about declaring somebody dead and all this kind of stuff and I haven't heard anybody from his family side be mentioned even briefly nope. um, but continue that's just me that's just my observations mm-hmm. sorry I'm continuing no problem no problem so five years later guess what happened five years so she didn't, she's living yeah guess what happened Mike's alive she married Brian Winchester the, the dude that rode with her father okay cahoots <laughs> cahoots <laughs> Yeah, I I knew. I knew. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't even, I don't even know yet, but but I do know. For, so 5 years later she married Brian Winchester. Uh-huh. Shocker. Who, ha- who has sold who has sold Mike some of the policies a few months before he disappeared. Oh, he's the insurance adjuster. Oh, oh what? Okay. All right, okay. <laughs> the, the the fix is in. Okay. All right. 
Don't even just not. Is her father involved in some kind of way? No, go ahead, her father. That was it. From he was from the beginning. That was it. That's, oh. the, that's the last time you hear from. Okay. Him. Yeah. But he drove him to the to the. He drove him out there the night that they. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. I might afterwards do some more research, find out how Papa's doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll get to that at the end. You know. Okay. It's, it's more. All right, so, please. So yeah, so he he sold Mike the policies a few months before he disappeared. The couple went on to live in the same house. God damn. Where Denise and Mike had lived prior. Listen, I I know how hard it is for, as a woman <laughs> in this country, and I respect it. But I've heard a lot of stories where, in some states, like in New York mm-hmm. and other states, those shared, like uh, I think I don't I don't know if it's if it's a common one. I'm not sure mm-hmm. where if you want a divorce. The man has to leave his house mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. I've heard stories of where it's like, I had this house before I even met her. Well, y'all got married, so that's her. That's half her house now. And these spousal courts, and it's not even spousal court. He's just dead. Yeah. <laughs> and they just moved into his, oh. I'm yeah. not even going to continue my thought because I don't have all the facts to really lay out what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But some people know what I'm trying to say. Don't take it the wrong way. But so, so a lot of times these divorce courts lean in the women's favor in crazy ways like yeah. giving somebody the house mm-hmm. when it's like but this was my mom's house well well doesn't matter anyway boom so they moved in yep he was the insurance adjuster yep sold him the policy yep and he was the first one on the scene when he was missing yep and they moved oh, and he cool. married and he he moved into the house mm. <clears throat> yep so denise and brian with had, the 1.5 with the 1.5 yep he probably set up that way too Mm-hmm. Like I'm, we're gonna give it a few years before I move in, but like call the uh, I'm contract. For, I'm talking about for her to get that much money. Oh yeah, the max, whatever the <laughs> most the policy is, probably something in there is like if he disappears and those there's no body, mm. you get an extra five hundred thousand. Wink, crazy. wink, wink. That's crazy. Yeah. So Denise and Brian have mostly declined to discuss the case publicly. So his mother Cheryl Williams mm-hmm. was Let's not. Be- see. Here we go. Was not believing a bit that her I son bet had she drowned. She wasn't Cheryl, and she re- and she received death threats for her efforts in trying to find her son and get the case reopened. From who? I have no <laughs> idea. Who's like, stop trying <laughs> to find your son, or I'll kill you, you bitch. Yeah. Who said that? I don't know. That's, that's what cra- I thought. That's crazy. You got death threats because you don't believe your son's dead. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah. So moms. She fought this all. She like nah. That's right. Nah. That's her baby. Even if she, even if he is dead, I, I want to know. Body. I, I want to know body. what happened. I don't. Period. I'm not buying this. Nope. Shout out to you, Cheryl. So she used advertisements such as newspaper and billboards, and hired a private search team. There you go. So in 2004, the FDLE, which is the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, agreed to reopen the case after lobbying by Cheryl Williams and her friend. Mm-hmm. So it, they said that it does. It does not normally have jurisdiction in the missing process the missing person's cases and cannot get involved in investigations purely on the basis of a citizen's request. Although it can offer assistance to local agencies as it did in this case. Um, in retrospective, many officers agree with her that the circumstances surrounding Michael's Michael Williams, apparent drowning four years bef- before were unusual mm-hmm. and were strongly at odds with the conclusion. Yeah. So he said the boat launch where his bonk, where his Bronco was found, which he would presumably have used to put his boat in a lake, was an undeveloped patch of mud yet nearby the finished concrete 
launches that he was known to have used in the yeah. past. You can't even you can't even push off from there. No. It's too too muddy. Yeah. And he said the storm that night all after he was reported missing had had strong winds and it should have blown the abandoned and unmoored what is it, unmoored boat across the lake to the Georgia side. Mm. Boat still sitting right there. Yeah. So then he said when the boat was recovered, the engine was off, yet the gas tank was full. According to the manufacturer, now this is this the this the shit I like when they you really when get they, into the they, details. They do all we're gonna hit up, we're gonna find CS, a way the boat the CSI. Everything. Going with the boat manufacturer, we mm-hmm. get all these I love that. I love it's that forensics shit. Forensics. Yep. It. So they said, according to the manufacturer, if the engine had had been running when million, when Williams allegedly fell out of the boat, investigators had theorized it should have stayed on with the boat running in circles until the fuel exhausted. Mm-hmm. So he said something sounds fishy on that deal. And when the, situa- when the situation was described um, to the guy, whoever they talked to from the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. So they already got that, like, you know, okay, something is up. The boat was off. Yeah. It's so, full. Yeah. He t- wasn't riding around. He didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so investigators also learned that Williams didn't usually hunt alone. And Arnett who was from the FFWCC, said that some things looked unusual right off the bat. Who had initially thought the situation was a typical case involving a missing hunter and a possible boating incident. Then after a couple, three days, and after the weeks went on, those first things looked even more out of place. Yeah. I mean... I guess in the beginning, so much shit is going on. You like, you know, this could have happened. This could happen. Yeah. And after you, a while, you, you like, you paint the picture and it makes right. sense. But then when you start to get those extra details, because you show up, the boats crash, whatever, the body's missing. Mm-hmm. You're like, maybe Gators got to it. But then when you get like, oh, that's yeah, that's the part I like too, where it's like, oh yeah, the well, the gas tank's full. Yeah. These clothes were only have only been in here for two days. Yeah. But he went missing eleven days ago. Yeah. You know. He doesn't usually hunt alone. Also, you can't push a boat off from here. It's too muddy. Right. It's like, oh wow, okay. Well, then this a is all. Shit. This yep. is not a bunch of coincidences. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, they out here probably driving in Maseratis, having living sex the capades, life. You know what I mean? In his house. Yeah. In their house. I'm sorry. No, in their house, but it ain't Brian Winchester's house. No. No. So doubts that Williams had drowned became more came became much more serious than they learned. In fact, alligators did not generally feed during the winter months due to the cold temperatures. Mm. During the search period, daytime temperatures averaged around 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Overnight, lows below freezing. Mm. In those conditions, it's highly unlikely an alligator would have been active, said Matt Matt Arsko, who is a local um, herpetologist. Yeah, they got to conserve their energy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they said all they all they are doing is maintaining their body temperature. Fifty eight degrees is too cold for an alli- the alligator to be interested in, you know, mm-hmm. finding food to eat. So the waiters discovered almost six months after Williams' disappearance, disappearance further undermined the alligator theory. So investigators' suspicions were further raised by the waiters' condition, undamaged, without any tooth marks, and the lacking of any residue that would be expected to accumulate on the object submerged in the lake for as long as the waiters had supposedly been. I mean, like, if whoever did this, uh-huh. it's like, oh, shit, well, we got to... What, they was trying to throw him off by, you know, coming back, throwing Throw the shit in the water? In like, oh, then then he definitely was eaten because there's just clothes here. Yeah. But that's the thing, man. Sometimes people, they think that they're geniuses. 
They thought that was the that thought they thought that was the cherry on top. Oh yeah. Like oh, once they find these clothes and nobody, obviously he just got eaten by the alligators. And really, that was like that helped their demise. Hmm. They might have been better off putting no clothes there. But either way, all this shit was you can't get away with this. It's you cannot get away with this type of shit in this day and age. It's too much forensics and people like going over the evidence and going over the crime scene. You're gonna make a mistake. The, it's very rare to commit the perfect crime. They got pretty close. To, they got five years out of it. Oh yeah. But it's gonna come back around, man. Yeah. yeah so Arnett um, filtered the water, filtered the water that was in the the waders um, that they recovered. Did not find any human remains. Mm-hmm. The hunting jacket and flashlight were likewise in both better condition than expected. Yeah. With the light even working when the when the shit turned on. Come on, man. Six <laughs> months. It's six months old, right? Something like that. It's been yeah. in there for a while. It's been in for a while. Yeah. Come on, man. So friends said, why would he be wearing his? So one of his friends that usually go with him mm-hmm. said, why would he be wearing his waders while driving the boat? Like that's not what he that's, that wasn't his you know his safety routine or whatever yeah. he was. That's the, uh, that's not what he did. Waders are for the purpose of shallow fishing yeah so you so would you get, get to it. your spot wait up and then jump out of the boat right you wouldn't ride around in the waders no because that's deep water right if you're riding around but you know again like you said in the moment you're like yeah the waders yeah waders on i don't know right exactly so my gut feeling is that mike did not die in lake seminole so you know it was theories that you know he was killed somewhere and they brought him to maybe brought him into the lake or whatever mm-hmm. uh so his friend name was Austin. That's that's what that's what Austin said. And this was in two thousand six. Okay. He also said that um, I would say this is suspicion. This is a suspicious missing person. Like this is yeah. more than just him. Just got eaten by alligators yeah. and fell off a boat from hitting a stump. Yeah. So without a body, uh, the investigation was at a brick wall. They had nothing to go off. Yeah. Um. So in two thousand seven, the closed case, the 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 closed <laughs> the case closed. I'm sorry. <laughs> the case closed. So the FDLE closed. They closed the case, convinced that the alligator theory was wrong, mm-hmm. but without any leads or evidence that could allow the further investigation. You know, like your, like your man said when he came up to you, they didn't have the evidence, man. Yeah, they couldn't do nothing. <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't kill my husband, y'all, but y'all can't say I did. Right. So I'm gonna go spend this 1.5. <laughs> so what happened was the case went cold. Investigators no longer returned Cheryl Williams' phone call. Oh, man. She, conti- she continued to do what she could do to publicize the case, good. taking out ads in the Tallahassee um, Democrat. Good, good. So a possible new lead emerged in October 2007 when Michael Williams' older brother found a, f- a photograph. So it was a, it was a photograph. I'm not going to read all that. The photogra- it was a photograph of a gun uh-huh. that um, Denise had, but she never returned to... Um, I guess to his mom. Okay. So they went. They they got the picture. Went to Denise's house. Can, which I, get my, is, can I get the gun? Which is yeah, you know, to mm-hmm. go up and ask about him. So it was Denise and Brian Winchester, mm. which, who is now they you were probably married. Opened the door with a robe on and some flip and some slippers on. Yeah. So they went there, talked to him. I guess I don't know if they went. They didn't say if they went. They got the gun, but they went to ask questions. They wanted to know, you know, what was up. They had this picture. They wanted to know what was up. Friend, let me look, man. Mm-hmm. Let's talk off the record for a second. Mm-hmm. If something ever happens to me, right, and I and I perish, and you come to this house, and a man opens the door, looking mad comfortable in my house, I want you to beat the shit out of that man. Oh, I oh I got you. Period. <laughs> Period. I don't think Sierra would ever. I don't think Sierra would ever disrespect me like that. I would think she would sell the house, get a new house, start a new life. Yeah. But to move a person in to my house, that let them lay in my bed. That's 
that's one of the most disrespectful things you could do. To oh, a most put on your slippers, oh, your robe. Man, come on, man, you gonna put the Rick and Morty slippers on and, 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 and get get eggnog out of my fridge? No, I'm, let me calm down. I'm sorry. Continue your story. I'm sorry. <laughs> Continue. Just remember what I said. Continue yeah. your story. I got you, brother. Hey, that would never happen. Uh, so what? Yeah. So they went talked to him. That's when. That's kind of how they found out that. You know, they was living in the same house. Like uh-huh. this guy moved in, and they was had a whole thing. So in 2008, they tried looking at the case um, through the insurance, the insurance side of it. So they oh, tried they really, that. They, they, yeah, they hitting all the right behind yeah. the scenes moves. Yeah, um, follow the money. Yeah, so the insurance part of it, I'm not really interested in that part. Sure, but you know, sure, if y'all sure, want to sure. go and yeah, read that, y'all can. But they didn't. It didn't really, you know, really it, get anywhere. Was but it, it helped though. It helped. So despite the failure of the third investigation. Um, and the discern of the fate of her son, Cheryl Williams persisted. Her efforts led to the investigation. Her efforts led to the investigation Discovery Cable Channel, oh. doing a segment on Michael's disappearance. I love ID. And the yeah, and the later investigation in late 2011, he said we did not know the smoking gun, who the smoking gun is, or what the smoking gun is, but we hope some someone will find it. <clears throat> Starting in New Year's Day in 20 in 2012, Cheryl began writing a letter. One letter a day to Governor Rick Scott, asking asking him, you know, to get to try to get another agency to to re- either you know search, do another yeah. search or something. So she had written over 200, 200 letters without even an acknowledgement that they had been received. She began acquiring acquiring personal as acquiring personal as to why you know they yeah, not, not even back. responding. Yeah. So it turned out that the governor's office had forwarded them unopened to the FD, FDLE's headquarters. And they were placed in a case, a case file, and she was, you know, she was outraged. She Man, found that out shady. and was mad. So she said that they could have hurt me. They could, they could not have hurt me more if they punched me in the face. Yeah, that's just nobody even opened them. They yeah. just sent them somewhere to just, yeah, whatever, get rid of these. Right. So in 2012, Denise and Brian Winchester separated. Wow. So they got, wow. yeah, so they got separated. Um, said reportedly that you know Brian had some type of sex addiction, a sex addic- addiction or whatever it was. But a whole lot of shit went on with that. I'm not going to get all on that. But Brian, you know, at some point, she was like, I don't want to be with you anymore. Uh-huh. So I'm going to take this money, go about my business. Get out. And then he ended up, like, kidnapping her. It was a whole thing. Oh, he shit. Had, yeah, he ended up kidnapping her. He ended up going to jail. She put out, like, you know, uh, what you call a it? A tell-all uh, book? No. Uh, oh. Um, what is it? Uh, shit, you, I don't, you don't want somebody to beat around you. Oh, a restraining order. A restraining order. Okay, yep. yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I don't so, know why I said a tell-all book. <laughs> I don't, nobody knows who this person is. Yeah. But yeah, okay. <clears throat> so that happened. And then on May 8th, 2018, Denise Williams was arrested uh, at Florida State as she was as she left work. I don't know why she was working. As she left work to I celebrate. I mean, 1.5 million. You didn't hit the mega millions. I mean, you don't. You <laughs> I don't, mean, you are. You got to work again. Yes, you do. 1.5 million? What do you think 1.5 million dollars is, man? No. A million ain't a million like it used to be, man. No. A million dollars? We're talking about she got this in like 2003. You think she lived 15 yeah. years off of a million and a half dollars? You got a mortgage. I feel like you got, you got I mean, bills. I feel like a million dollars, you need to be, you don't have to work at Best Buy again. I mean, I don't know why you got to say a specific job. You got to work somewhere, man. A million and a half dollars is not a lot of money. You work for yourself. If I, I made a mil- if I got a million and a half dollars right now, I'm not quitting my job. You not, I am. You're going to quit your job. Fred. Hell yeah, Fred, I'm listen, out of there. You need to go back and listen to 444 by Jay-Z, man. You are not, that's not, don't, no. What? That's not a lot of money, man. 
It's not. It's not. It's more money than we'll ever see in a lump sum, you and me probably. Yeah. Unless this podcast continues to do what it does and, 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 and we turn it into something amazing, which is possible. But that's not a lot of money, man. I know that's I not a lot of money where you, what it that's, used that's, to be. That's, that's but, not, but that's not a lot of money where you would go, 15 years after she got a million and a half dollars, she's still working a job? That's, I mean, not, reti- that's not retirement money, man. Maybe I, 10. I feel like Maybe 10. a million and a half dollars. That I don't mean not work. Like, you just... Go on vacations and do shit. Uh huh. I mean, even even on even on a even on a structured income like where you're like I only spend this much. Nah, man. No, I mean you should be, you should have some type of business or something. What if you don't want to open a business? Then then that's but ridiculous. a business costs a business costs money. This is interesting to me because I always want to run this down. Okay, boom, you get a million and a half dollars. Yes. Right now, tomorrow, what's the first thing you do? What's the first thing I do? Mm-hmm. Quit my job. Quit your job. Okay, boom. Yep. So you quit your job. You have no more income other than the $1.5 million, yep. and you have a mortgage, mm-hmm. and you have a car payment, mm-hmm. and you have a child. Yep. Okay, boom. So what's the next thing you do? You just you just live off the money? I'll probably chill for a little bit, like a year. Okay, so chill for a year. So for a year, you pay, you know, let's just say you have a $1,000 mortgage. Mm-hmm. So for that first year, you you spend $12,000 on your house. Yep. You spend however much money on your car, let's mm-hmm. say another eight. Mm-hmm. You have a child who yep. goes to like a private school, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just what call that maybe another five grand for that, like that year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have expenses of about fifty thousand dollars a year. In ten years, that's half a million dollars, and that's me saying all you did was just come home, stay home, not do anything, and just live. Mm-hmm. You went through a half a million dollars in ten years, mm-hmm. and that's from you doing nothing. You didn't go out to eat. You didn't go on vacation. You didn't buy a new house. Mm-hmm. You didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Now, so you bought a business. Yep. How much do you think a business cost? Depends what kind of you. business? What kind of business? You want to open a uh, Dunkin' Donuts? You want to nope. open Chick-fil-A? Real estate. I mean, real estate. So you're going to start flipping houses? Yep. Okay, boom. So your first house you buy, it's like 70 grand. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm now I'm not going to down talk you on that because that's actually a good idea. Yep, I know. But not everybody's like going to flip houses. I know, but I'm just, <laughs> I, maybe I'm looking at it from my, my sure, perspective. Sure, I, I couldn't, you got me on that because that's a good <laughs> idea to try to flip your money. You can actually start to yeah. flip that's your what, money and make I, more money back. Was, for her, I'm like, you didn't, you didn't do nothing, just... <laughs> Nothing. Now you work at a coffee shop. I'm not saying a coffee shop is a bad. I'm not saying. You're just saying she had a lump sum of money to be able to do something with. Yeah. Now you're making ten dollars an hour or something. Yeah. I get. What I think that's a bit much. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> but not but, everybody wants to. Not everybody wants to be. Some people are cool being a worker bee, man. Not everybody wants to own their own. Yeah. It's, yeah. True. But I I do agree with that. A million dollars is not what it used to be. I know that. Yeah. I mean, you get a million dollars, not like oh shit. But you, you could know. do something with it that you could turn it into more money. Exactly. Okay. I agree yeah. with you. So yeah. But anyway. Uh yeah, so Denise Williams was arrested um after she was leaving work to celebrate her daughter's nineteenth birthday. Minutes after the grand jury indicted her on charges of first degree murder mm-hmm. and conspiracy to commit first degree murder and accessory after the fact, prosecutors t- continued to keep the details of the crime to themselves, saying that they would share them in court with the when the time comes. But this is for Jerry Mike's murder? Yes. Oh. Yeah. So they did say that uh they would try to seek her deny her, her to you know be denied bail. Uh-huh. So in late June, Denise Williams was ordered to order held without bond with trial date for September 24th. The audio of Ben Winchester's interview with the FDLE was played in court. A man scorned. And it it, it and it it played that Brian confessed to pulling the trigger, but claims the killing was Denise's idea. Mm. I mean, I'm not. And I bet you he got immunity. A man scorned, man. Yeah. A person scorned. It's always, they usually say a woman scorned. Mm-hmm. But men got feelings too. Yeah. She dumped him, got a restraining order. It's like, 
After everything I did for yeah, you, hell yeah. I killed your husband. Oh no, you going down? Right, I'm going down. You going down with me? Fuck that. I bet you he didn't go down. I bet you he got a lighter sentence. Well, uh, so this, he said that was Denise's idea. So her defense plans to argue that the tape should not have been admitted as evidence since Winchester was not charged with anything, despite his admission. So the prosecution said they simply asked him to tell the truth about what happened. So in early September 2018, the trial of Denise Williams was postponed. Oh. From September 24th to December 10th, 2018. Oh, wait. What's the next day? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, that's next week. The episode is called, or ID is called Mystery in the Swamp. Airs tomorrow oh. at 10 p.m. Okay. ID. Or tonight. If you're listening to this right now, it's yeah. Monday. Yep, yep, yep. It airs tonight at 10, at 10 p.m. Yep. Okay. Boom. So, right now, if you're listening to this, it's Monday, December 3rd. Yep. Check out Mystery in the Swamp. Yes. Tonight at 10 o'clock. Channel. I'm yep. definitely going to watch that. So, that's why I want to do this. I want to make sure I... I wanted to be the get news breaker on this. Get everybody jazzed up. Yep. Go so, watch this to hear yeah. what hear the rest of the story. Yep. So okay. hopefully everybody listens to this in tomorrow morning More or time. morning or whatever. Yeah. So y'all can watch it tonight. Boom. So that's my favorite murder this week. All right, man. Round of applause for you, yeah. man. That was good. That was a good story. That was yeah. a good story. And if you don't listen, if you're listening to this and it's it's January, mm-hmm. look for it on YouTube or so or on demand. I'm sure you can find Mysteries in a Swamp. Yes. Even if you're not able to watch it or watch it tonight. Mm-hmm. You can watch at some point. It's, it's the future, man. Video on demand is a thing. You'll be able to find Mysteries in a Swamp. And I will definitely be checking that out. Probably tomorrow. Oh, I like that, man. That was a good one. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to keep this moving along. I'm not going to hold you up. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's my turn to close things out and tell you some more fucked up shit. So stay tuned. All right, and we are back. Fran, are you ready for my affirmative murder this week? Yes, sir. Okay. My affirmative murder this week is the story of Daniel Caldwell. Okay. Okay. So uh, here's here's here we go. Hallucinations and paranoia plagued Daniel as early as high school. He heard voices and saw the gates of hell open up in the back of classes. What? Yeah. Saying that he was always following God's orders, Daniel quit playing football in college and dropped out one semester before graduating. What? All that hard work? Especially because you're a student athlete. So you got to think about how much work they put in. Daniel Caldwell moved moved several times over the next few years. Once, he secretly traveled to California to seek treatment from a mental hospital there. He was diagnosed with depression, given a prescription, and released the next day. His symptoms worsened. Daniel moved back to his hometown in Americus, Georgia, where he took a toy gun and a kitchen knife to a local TV station and demanded airtime to promote atheism. What? Yeah, this dude's yeah, this dude's on some other shit, man. See, the thing so, about that is when you take any any gun, it's like no matter if it's fake or real, you don't know. So it's like that causes a whole you know uproar. Yeah, it's like this him going in there. Yeah, so it's like I mean, this but you is got a terroristic threat. It's, yeah, you got a gun and a knife, and you want to put me on camera. That's that takes it to another level. Yeah, like, and that's I, that's good acting. Yeah, <laughs> I will shoot everybody in here. You got a fucking Nerf gun? One, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Wow, bro. But when you're in the middle of a manic state and slipping That's from crazy. reality, you can be a good actor. Wow. Uh, That's again, not even acting, really. Yeah. That, yeah no, you, <laughs> he thought it was real. I bet he thought it was real. Again, he explained that he was following God's orders. Daniel was sentenced to probation and assigned state mental health services. His outpatient treatment over the next several years fell far short of his needs. He rarely saw he rarely saw the doctor twice. He was only seen once every three months and the medication he received made even the most basic self-care seem impossible. Mm. 
So this is just the system. This happens every so day. Basically Homeless people anything. flood in the streets who are shouldn't be on the street. They yeah. should be in a hospital of some kind. The you know this country does not um, place the dire need on mental health like that it should, mm-hmm. and it shows in the mass shooting rates that we have, just violence in general, the homelessness. It it show it shows itself. Just this story and what's happening to this one person is the explanation of why I could be walking to the bank and some lady screams to me that my dick is bleeding and it's not. You know what I mean? And that's a funny joke, and I tell that story all the time because it did happen, but something was wrong with that lady. Yeah, She shouldn't just be walking around a shopping center not medicated, you know? So, mm-hmm. And you have, I'm sure you have a ton of stories where somebody, whoop, 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 somebody just walk by you, say something crazy, I'm Jesus, whatever, make some kind of crazy noise. These people need help, man. Yeah. And they're just on the street homeless. So in this case, this person was, you. The, he, he slowly slipped through the cracks, not getting the help he needed, went to jail after uh, going into a news station with a fake gun and a mm-hmm. knife, and instead of, you know, and trying he had to a, help he had him. A, he had a what, a play knife? He had a real knife, Oh, but the gun was fake. Oh, okay. They were near like a, like a yeah. plastic knife. And they just kind of shuffled them through the system. Here, here's a pill. It does something, calm you down or something. And then they let him out. And yeah. What well, they got him in the book says, you know, he was treated. Yeah, exactly. And he had a doctor's appointment. It's like, yeah, he has a doctor's appointment. But it's like once every three months, mm-hmm. they probably just kind of go through the motions. Nobody really cares. Nah. Um, So he began to believe that the only way to know peace through, it was through death. Mm. Caldwell once a former America's high school football star, he got a wow. he got a scholarship to college, uh, said he bought a gun to kill himself, and when he was unable to commit suicide, decided to go on a killing spree that would get him the death penalty. Now, does this have anything to do with CTE? No, uh, it could, but that's uh, not in the story. Oh, okay. But it it absolutely could. I told you, man, I'm never letting my kid play football. No. Because that CTE, it's, they're starting to do st- uh, their statistics that say the brain damage shows signs as early as middle school. So when you're playing Pop Warner and all this kind of stuff, you're damaging your brain that early. Even if you're like, it's just cute. They're six and they're playing Pee Wee League. And not, they're they're throwing their brains on the ground yeah. and it's being rattled around their skull, man. And I played, you know, Pop Warner football. Yeah. And I'm so glad I was scared to get hit. <laughs> Avoiding, <laughs> avoiding the tackle. I was, I but was, there are kids who love that shit. Yeah, and then they get bigger and older, and they love it even more. And, and their body gets bigger, and they get stronger, and they get faster, I'm so and they love it. They love to slam their head into somebody. And those, you know, those people are de- ruining their brains. It's just so that's completely possible that this is a, a, this is added to somebody who already had mental yeah. problems. And the reason why I said that is because for him to be, you know, on the right path to doing something great, yeah, then just he just loses. Yeah. That, that's crazy. Like a, like a switch. That is crazy. Mm. Uh, to convince the world that he had the right, he had he had the right to die by execution. Daniel plotted to kidnap a well-known white man who was willing to kill, who he was willing to kill to ensure the death penalty. Mm. His plan was discovered, and he was arrested. Daniel was convicted and sentenced to two years in prison, even though a state doctor gave a statement saying that prison would only worsen Daniel's mental condition. And they were like, well, I, hey, so that's not our job here. Yeah. People come to this court, they're either innocent or guilty, and then they go where they go. That's crazy. Uh, he attempted suicide at least once while in prison and was paroled in 1995. Facing yet another year of inadequate treatment, Daniel came up with another deadly plan. In July 1996, so he's fresh out of jail, 
and is like, I mean, he got all kinds of. Plans. I want to die, so I'm gonna go back to my original plan. So in July 1996, Daniel went to the local Walmart and killed middle-aged white couple Mitchell and Judith Bell wow. in the parking lot, believing that two white victims would guarantee the sentence of death. Immediately after, he drove to the police station to turn himself in. So I just want to reiterate, this isn't like something he said to the news after he got caught. He wanted to die, and he went and killed two white people because he thought that would do that. And as soon as he killed them, he went to the police station. So he did say this to them before that he wanted to die? Or this was he, just, this was in his confession. This, oh, he okay. went into the police station? I was talking about before, though, before he did the killing. Well, they just, found his plan. His plan I mean, was to kill a person to die. But what else do you need? Like This, this person should be monitored. He should be in a hospital. He shouldn't be out back on the street. And that's but it what, costs, that costs money. But that's what the sad part is. You have to wait till somebody lose their lives for Tim like to, to see yeah. that this guy. Like, They're like, we know he had a plan to kill a white person to so he'd get the death penalty, but let him back out. He didn't do it. That's crazy. So he'll probably never do it again or try to do it again or whatever. So, and so because, he, did he want to die as a sacrifice? No, he wanted to die because oh. he just wanted to die, but he was oh. too scared to kill himself. So he wanted the he wanted the state to kill him by death penalty. Oh, I thought it was like a whole. Uh, he no, it was. I mean, he, that might there might have been something about it. Like maybe <laughs> God was telling him, but it wasn't like he was gonna get sacrificed and then become yeah. a demon he or something like that. He just was too scared. He, to he just didn't. He just he wanted. He felt like God wanted him to die, or maybe he wanted to be with God, so he wanted to die, but he was too scared to kill himself. That's crazy. Or maybe even if maybe he's religious and was like, but if I kill myself, I go to hell. I'm not going. Yeah. Okay. You know. So yep. I, that's not in the story, but maybe just talking it out, it yeah. could have been that. Like I I can't kill myself, but I want to die. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So he went to a police station after he killed Mitchell and uh, Judith. Turned himself in. Before his trial, Daniel was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and manic depression. Yet he was found competent to stand trial. In defiance of his lawyers, Daniel pled guilty to the murders. He wrote letters to the judge. He wrote letters to the judge, district attorney, community leaders, and other local citizens to convince them that he deserved to die. So he basically went on a campaign saying, "Like, hey man, y'all need to kill me, man. I'm a piece of shit. I want to, see and it. I want this. I wish I could see the court. The that court takes court. all the, but that takes all the, all the drama out of it. Where the." Yeah. The the judge should, the judge in that moment should be like, what you did was despicable. He's like, yep, mm-hmm. what you did was despicable, and you deserved it. Uh huh. Yeah, That's yeah, what no, I mean. Yeah, That's yeah, what I'm talking about. I wish y'all you deserve to die. Yeah, yeah. die. Yeah, that me. was me. Yeah, uh-huh. That was yeah, me. Uh-huh. I did that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and I hope you hope that you meet your mate. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so go ahead, do it. Like it's like you. So yeah, it's just that's just crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so in a, just agree with everything. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, for sure. No, definitely, I am. Uh, in a statement to the jury, Daniel threatened them and described himself as a monster and a cold blood. Now he's just milking it now. Yeah. I'm awful, y'all. Y'all need to kill me. I'm cold blooded. I'll kill you. Uh, so he described himself as a cold blooded murderer. Uh, appallingly, the judge presiding over Daniel's case gave him advice on how to circumvent his lawyer's pursuit of further appeals. So his lawyer's mm. like, look, man, he's not healthy. We're trying to... he." What he's saying, he doesn't know what he's saying. He, he doesn't want, and the judge is like, look, uh, uh, Mr. Daniel, if you want to die, then just fill out this form and say, I don't want a lawyer anymore and take it down to this place and send it to this, and then you'll just be able to get whatever you want. So the lawyer instead. Oh, shit, so you can do that. The, the, well, the, to the, yeah, well, you can give up your right to attorney. You can fire your I'm ta- attorney. I'm talking about. But the judge is being completely unbiased and is oh. like, I want you to die too. So yeah. <laughs> here, man, if you want to die, 
then if you don't want your lawyers to do this, just do this. Do this so I can make a decision to be like... Yeah, so I can put you to death. Yeah, okay. If you you don't want the lawyers to stop me from doing that, then just fill out this paper. It's basically what he did. Like, he told Daniel how to go over his lawyer's head and get what he wanted. I thought... So, no, but everybody, the judge is like, yeah, no, I want you to die too, fam. Yeah, I thought it was like application, like, I want a death penalty. No, no, I think it was something (laughs) like, you know bureaucracy stuff yeah, like yeah, fill right, out right, form right, right. 32b <laughs> and that'll override what your lawyer said oh, okay. and then i can give you the death penalty so uh so the yeah so the judge was completely like not biased which i think is like the probably like the number one rule for a judge is yeah. to be like don't get your emotions involved mm-hmm. um after he was sentenced to death daniel expressed remorse over his actions his moods changed with his medical treatments Sometimes he was adamant about dying, particularly as an alternative to staying in prison for life. Other times he did not want to die and wished he could stay in the state mental hospital for life. And this is a person who was diagnosed with schizophrenia and manic depression. So, of course, he's going to have those mood swings and all this kind of stuff. But he was deemed fit to stand trial. And he was given the death penalty as a person who was diagnosed with mental health issues. And did he kill somebody? Yes. But... You can't sentence somebody to death who didn't who didn't do something of their own free mind. Mm. I just don't believe in that. It's another reason I don't. You know, I'm 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 fall where I fall on the death penalty. I understand if for me, like if a maniac burst into my house and killed somebody that I loved, and he was schizophrenic and thought all these kind of things and did a crazy thing, put blood all over all over him. Obviously, I would want that person to die because it affects me personally. Right. But from a purely objective standpoint, and I think that's that's the thing that law should law should be objective. It shouldn't be based on case to case. If it happened to you, if you have experience, and if you that's why they don't let people who like uh, can relate to cases be on the jury. You, you should you're supposed to be objective. So objectively, I don't think Fran, if you something happens traumatic to you tomorrow and you slip and you know, you go to work and then somebody does something or says something to you and you snap and you murder somebody. But you you blacked out. You you firmly believe you blacked out and it can be proven through, like, medical professionals mm. that something went wrong in your brain. I don't think you should be put to death. I think you should be in a hospital for the rest of your life mm. or until they can get you on the right medical, you know, kind of balance to f- figure you out. But you should serve some kind of time for murdering somebody. But to just put a, a, ha- a mentally challenged person to death? I don't I don't agree with that. Right. Anyway. So yeah, he would kind of go up and down about, you know, if he wanted to die, if he why if he didn't want to die. It would all he his it was switch with the days. Uh but when the news broke the, uh that the governor of Illinois had commuted all death sentences to life in prison, Daniel feared that this victory for uh abolition would spread to Georgia and he found a way to take his own life in prison. Mm. Uh, as a lawyer, Michael Meir said, if Daniel was sitting on the edge of a building in downtown Americus, every member of the community would be would have been there trying to talk him down. And he said, why weren't there? Why weren't they there when he was trying to kill himself with an electric chair? Because he was showing everybody the sign. Mean, he got they found his plan to do this in the first place, to right. kill a white man, to get the death penalty. He's trying to kill himself through the system. And everybody just went. Ah uh, well, uh, you tried to kill somebody. Uh, that's three years in jail. Go to jail, and, and the and the guy, the lawyer's like, or it was actually it was a medical like professional. It was like, look, if you send this guy to prison, he's gonna get worse. Right. And they're like, well, that's not our problem. And because of that, two people got killed at yeah. a Walmart. Yeah. Uh. 
So uh, that was the story of Daniel Cole. I don't really have much else That's to add. That's crazy. Um, now was the, was that a shoot? I think I missed that part. Was it a shooting? Yeah, he shot him. He shot him. He okay. shot two people. He shot. It was yeah. So he I'm shot sorry. the couple, right? Yeah, he shot the couple. I want to make sure I say their names. He shot Mitchell and Judith Bell in front of a, a Walmart in 1996, a year after he got out of jail. A year, not not a year after. Immediately after, he didn't want to spend another year outside of jail getting this phony treatment that he was getting and not being alive. So as soon as he got out, he went right back to his plan and killed two white people in front of Walmart. And then he walked into a police station and said, I, I killed somebody. Give me the death penalty. Mm. So, yeah, man, I mean, look, I, I feel That's like we crazy. I feel like we attack the criminal justice system here a lot. But these cases are more common than people realize. Like there are a lot of mentally unstable people walking the streets, committing crimes, you know, not knowing what reality that they live in. And they have to go through the same uh, like criminal process as anybody else, but they're not the same as everybody else. Right. They are like dis- disassociated from reality. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be held responsible for their actions. I'm just saying that if you take a person who's already, you can take a person with a strong mind and put them in prison and it'll break them. So imagine what that does to a person whose mind is already broken put them in prison they spend 23 hours in a little cell Mm -hmm. talking to themselves and they they slip further and further away from reality and then when they if if this is just on a petty offense maybe they you know robbed somebody or something like that they spend five years in that situation then you put them back out on the street worse than they were right so i'm just saying i don't know what this again i I feel like we say this a lot i don't know what the solution is because again we don't know shit i don't know what the solution is but i feel like these are the kind of things that need to be discussed more in, in society like what do we do with these people I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is, but they are they do exist. Mm-hmm. So the conversation needs to continue to be had. Um, but yeah, that was my yeah. affirmative so murder. He was, he was failed. It's just yeah, he didn't he didn't he didn't have a shot. Daniel Colwell, and you brought up a good point. I mean, he was a football star. He went to college on a football scholarship. He was a star in high school, and his symptoms started to show themselves in high school. So you know maybe he always was bi- you know you know schizophrenic, but. But maybe playing football accelerated the intensity yeah. of it. I don't know. I'm not gonna sit here and that's crazy, you know. But look, man, Aaron Hernandez, Junior Seau, we, you know, we've heard the story. Chris Benoit, you know, we've heard the stories of what CTE can do to a person. So, you know, imagine what that person, if that person was also schizophrenic already. Yeah. So we don't know. Um, <clears throat> I'm so yeah. glad I like basketball. All right. Uh, so that was my affirmative murder this week. Um. Before we go, good, yeah. Before we go, I want to give, I want to say to everybody, uh, they've been telling us that we should watch a uh, long shot documentary, maybe for our next serial and serial. I've put that on the list a couple of times for the vote, and it's and lost. Got it. Yeah, it's it's lost. I put it on there a few times. <laughs> now y'all want to come back around and tell me, have you have you heard of the long? Have you heard of this documentary, Long Shot? Uh, yeah, I've been trying to watch it for a while. I've put it on there a few times where I was like, I mean, you know, these other documentaries don't really seem that interesting. They, they, they try to, they try to put, uh, they try to, um. Try to get us to do it. Yeah. Oh, you know, let's yeah. try to look at this. Have you guys heard of Longshot? Yeah, I did. And you guys made us watch that goddamn Julia Roberts movie instead. And I still, but, you know, we, we've we come a long way. <laughs> I'm not going to continue to antagonize you. We appreciate you guys. And, we, you know, and for six for the next Serial and Serial, um, Longshot will be put on the list. And if you guys want us to watch it, then vote for it. And then, you know, we'll watch it. But I'm really excited. We, we took, uh, last month was kind of busy, so we didn't get a chance to do Serial and Serial last month. But we're going to do it this month. Uh, with our special dip and dot cereals that a wonderful listener gave to us. Yep. And uh, um, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder, man. Um, again, really appreciate you guys uh, continuing to listen and grow with us and join the Facebook group and have 
wonderful discussions and post wacky things and build friendships. I love like popping in when nothing really is going on or there's not like a, you know, controversial mm-hmm. post put up. It's just something. And people are just the friendships that have happened in the group where you just see two people. Girl, you're crazy. And I'm like, how do you know she's crazy? You know her now? <laughs> it's just crazy. Like we we're building this little community of people just kind of getting to know people and you know, they live in the same states or they just become kind of pen pal kind of thing. I think it's really cool. And I, I'm yeah. really proud of what we've built. And uh, we hope to continue and really appreciate all you guys. But, um, yeah, the, uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, Franco Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park